Be our guest, be our guest, and our service to the guest. <laughs> Tell me to sing, I sing. <laughs> that was beautiful, Tabitha. Thank you. That was really great. I really enjoyed that. Uh-huh. Um, so... <laughs> Um, uh, don't patronize me. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, this week of Ramen and Rosé. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Ramen and Rosé. This is the weekly podcast where we talk about straight to VHS, straight to DVD, or straight to streaming movies. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and, yeah, we're still in Seattle. We are still in Seattle. We're going to be here for next week, too. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> We're still in Seattle. It's still wonderful. I love this city. It's it's honestly it's my home away from home. It's my happy place. It's good. It's a good place. I know. And we get to take you to the Mopop, which is really fun. If y'all have not been to the Mopop in Seattle, it's so much fun. See, I'm okay. I'm going to I think I'm going to do a TikTok of this, but see Seattle to me and Washington, it's kind of like because I'm from Texas, I see everything as different versions of Texas. But Texas is so big, it's hard not to. <laughs> so, like, so like I'll, I'll be like, okay, so Washington is wet Texas. New York is Texas on an island. Um, like, <laughs> like, 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 California is Texas, but Democrat, like, the right way. Like, <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> like, that's how I, I, I view everything. And, like, okay. and then every other, like, Oklahoma wishes they could be Texas. Um, what is Hawaii? Hawaii is 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 Galveston, which is still Texas. No, no, I knew, but I was like, how? Because <laughs> that's where the beach is. Okay. Yeah. And it still takes eight. Either way, it takes eight hours to get there. Okay. Okay. So eight hours driving or eight hours flying. It still takes eight hours. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I view everything. That makes sense. Yeah, um, and then, like, Missouri, I don't count that as a state. Um, <laughs> Sorry to my family that lives there. Sorry, but no, y'all don't have food there. It's nothing well, personal. But most, most places in the Midwest do not have food. Yeah, I don't understand how y'all live. Like, y'all have to be hungry. But anyways, um, welcome to Ramen and Rosé. <laughs> um... Yeah, how this we're talking about the the thirtieth anniversary um, Disney Plus special that uh, yeah on Beauty and the Beast yeah and this one actually aired on TV first yeah oh, we did yes because it was uh, ABC right yeah ABC ABC aired it it was in prime time on Saturday night and then they uploaded it to Disney Plus the next day yes so they're trying to like they're here's the thing they're like toying with the idea of bringing back a wonderful world of disney because what they keep doing and like nbc has been stealing it Mm. nbc and fox have been doing these like once a season musicals that they've been doing latter like live action musicals yeah and because basically like people need more family content and the reason why a wonderful world of disney went on for 40 years was because it worked and what if so, it was great? Yeah, because, like, my mom would tell me about how, like, she remembered it started to come on in, like, the 70s, and she would mm-hmm. watch it, and she would look forward to it. And Walt Disney would introduce the film of the week, and they would show them on ABC. And it was, like, one of the, like, there was only four channels. And so, like, that was, like, something that people really liked to do. Um, And she was like, no, like, we she would watch a wonderful world of Disney, like, until like she had me and we kept watching it and then they canceled it in like the early 2000s because basically they were kind of like no one's home anymore for saturday night um the programming and like this was the weird time where the programming wasn't to streaming yet people were ordering dvds from netflix and so no one knew where to put their content but now that we have streaming services yeah. Even if you don't watch it on Saturday night, you can still watch it anywhere. Yeah. The next day anywhere, which is nice. So that's a little TV history for you guys. Nice. Tabitha is my resident TV historian. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, I don't know anything about this studio. She'll be like, here's the whole history of when it ha- of like how it started, what happened, major changes, when everyone was fired, when everyone was rehired. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it's like, it's stupid that I would, 
I like knew this information before I became an actor. Yeah. And I, for some reason, was like, there's no reason for me to act. And it's like, you'll clearly do that. Clearly, uh, you should be a part of show business. Yeah. Whether it's acting or producing or, or writing or any of the things. The business we call show. Um. So, <laughs> <laughs> you set me up. So, today, we have a rosé. And it's 10 points for Gryffindor. It's Barnard Griffin. There's a Griffin on the bottle. It's a 2021. You say that not having never watched all of Harry Potter. I keep telling you I know the references. It's not the same. It's not the same. It, okay. Just, just because I know all of the references and all of the plot points and everything that happens doesn't mean I can't reference it. It's still blasphemous it might be blasphemous but again it's 2023 it's the year where i don't give a damn uh <laughs> i guess i have to back you up on this thing. yeah um so it's okay i i watched the second one with you you we didn't finish it it wasn't for a lack of trying no it wasn't. <laughs> i was re- i i was ready to finish it you went to sleep I was very exhausted. I gave my dad a tarot reading. We drank Negronis, and then I went to bed. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's on you. Open the wine. I <laughs> okay, this one is a cork, so give me some time. Do you need help? No. Um, okay, anyway. Uh, I'll riff while she does that. Um... Yeah, so the Beauty and the Beast had its 30-year anniversary, and in honor of that, uh, Disney basically put on a live show that was more so based on the animation than the already Beauty and the Beast musical is. Um, and so they closely followed the animated story rather than using the songs from um, the stage play, um, although they did still bring in, I think it was Home, um, and yeah. they had a live studio audience, and this this whole we we walked in thinking it was just going to be the live show. Um, it was not. Um, it is very much more of a documentary style making of a uh, movie. So it's interspersed, which I actually think this is really interesting. It's interspersed with the animated portions, beautiful pour, um, the live show. And then just some background on, like, the actors talking about things, the writers talking about things, um, not as much on the history. Um, and they also show some of, like, the original um, sketches that the animators used for, like, dreamboarding and, like, reference sketches and, like, original things. And they all interspersed this together into this sort of multimedia event. Did you really just say a multimedia event right after VeggieTales? You knew that would trigger me. Because that's what they say right before the song of the Sabu. They say a multimedia event. The song of the Sabu. I knew it would. I knew it would. We also have to watch the Sabu episode. Sabu. Anyways. um, No, we're not doing it. I want to so bad. I have strange this is a lovely like it's dark it's a deep uh, like rosy pink color yeah and this is a washington wine since we are in washington yes we had or we're just making our way along the the western coast right now yeah the pacific northwest as it were um, people don't believe me when this place is called the pacific northwest and i don't understand why what else do you call a region that is on the pacific the pacific ocean that is in the north west okay i didn't okay it wasn't that we i don't believe you i believe you i understand that it is a thing Mm -hmm. but what i don't think you understand is that like because i am from texas you don't name a region of states because there is nothing outside of that state so you know the east coast and you know the west coast and then you know the middle and the middle is tornado alley and that's all you got and then there's florida like it like that's, that's it wild to me so like so like when people say the east coast i go east coast and when people mm-hmm. say the west coast i say okay well but then do you classify florida as east coast or do you fl- classify it as the south i classify it as florida 
I mean, vibe. Okay, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I like, guess it's neither the it's neither the east or the south. It's Florida, <laughs> and I think they also classify themselves that way too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I live. I've lived in three places now, and we've all like like the regions matter for some reason. That because that's how you're taught in school is that these are the regions of America and this is and like we refer to ourselves as Pacific Northwest culture. Yeah. Um. No, it makes sense. I don't ar- like. I'm not arguing with you over the logistics of it. Like, yes, I just didn't know that it was a thing until I met you. That's true. Sophie thought I was just making it up. Yeah. No. Sophie I- was like, "They got a thing," and I was like, "No, it's a thing." Yeah. She also got the words wrong to like 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 what was it home that wasn't home on the range it was um what's the one oh no oh it's jingle bells what did she, oh she did like <laughs> she was saying like like lincoln and i was like what yeah no 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 it was it was not jingle bells it was rudolph the red nose Re- yeah rudolph the red nose reindeer you know when you like do the little interspent and like 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 pinocchio you know what i mean and she said like lincoln and, and we all said, said huh and we're like he has wooden teeth that's not the point and she was like, no, it's a thing. And I'm like, that's not a thing. Um, the, that's the biggest thing. So I don't trust people who don't have never lived outside of where they grew up because, like, you have to go talk to other people to see how crazy other places are. Yeah. <laughs> because also, um, do you do you know – okay, it might be different. I haven't actually talked to you about this. Okay. Do you know that game that you would sit around in a circle and you would have your right hand on somebody's knee and, like, your yeah. left hand on uh, – yeah, or reverse? Yeah. Um, and you would go around. What is the chant you would use? Oh, man. Uh oh shoot! It's like e e uh, oh 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 uh, uh, stop! I'm wait. You do yours because I know. Um, oh, I did it, and I don't even remember because there's two. So so for oh yeah yeah. So d- was yours about frogs? Yeah yeah. So okay, mine was about frogs too. Yeah, but in Minnesota they would do one that had actual um the the native american tribe that's around there that that's what they use so it's all these minnesotan (laughs) tribal words that you're going around and i hadn't remembered it until a friend who had also lived in minnesota but like grew up grew up grew up there had done it and i was like what oh yeah weird yeah it was so wild so like that chant is different in every region because I think our chants are probably slightly different, too. Yeah, they I'm might so be. I'm so mad I can't remember it right now. I literally, you were like, you brought that up, and I was like, and ooh, ops, 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 stop. Yeah. Oh. I... oh, down by the bank with a hanky-panky hanky panky when the bullfrogs jump, jump from bank to bank. bank, bank I said, ops, 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 Soda pop, uh, east side, west side, curb pop. That's what I would do. Oh, yeah. No, we would go, eep, op, 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 stop. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah. Because it would, it would, but I also went to Christian camp, so, like, don't. Yeah, no. Yeah, and like. If you went to a, and that's also the thing, is, like, the, the secular versions of the chants are different than the mm-hmm. Christian versions of the chants. Mm-hmm. And, like, my, this is very weird. My, I went to a Lutheran school in California that most of the teachers were from the Midwest, so yeah. that also threw everything off. Yeah, because there, there are songs that I know that terrify people. Like. What? <laughs> Okay, I'll sing one. So I went to Christian camp, um, and one of the songs, and it was one of my favorites, mm-hmm. we would all gather up, and this would be after worship, and this would be like right before we would sit down to listen to the preacher. And we would stand up, and we would hold our hand in a little box shape. So we would have both hands together, and we would hold them like this. Mm-hmm. And then we would say, now, if I had a little white box <gasps> yeah! to put my Jesus in, here, here, I'd take him out and hug his neck. Oh, my God. And share him with a friend. And then it would get dark, and you would say, now, if I had a little black box to put the devil in, oh God. here, here. I take him out. Now, this is the most important part. So you would do the most violent jumping to stomp the devil's head. So you would be like, and stop his head. It would be like so metal. Lord. And people would like 
exactly people would li- <laughs> people people would literally like like hurt their necks doing this oh my god and then they and then it would be like and put him right back in like a little horror movie so that's wild because um I so my dad was a Boy Scout for a long time, and I grew up going to Boy Scout camp, and then I went to YMCA camp, and I did all these things. And we like you would do camp songs and camp skits. We had a very similar one. It wasn't about God though. Oh, it was about it was about like scouting, uh, but the same tune is like if I had a little white box, a little bit, um, and I can't remember I can't remember what they said they would put in, but it was the same exact like following. They just replaced the words. That's crazy. Yeah. Cause like yeah, cause there was like that one, and then there was like I am a C, I am a C H, I am a C H R I S D I N, and I am C N R I S C M H E R T and I'm L I V D R N L E O Y. Um, no, but oh, wild. Yeah. Anyways, we have rounded the bin, so we're talking about. I find I find like the the things like the chants and and oral traditions that are passed on throughout different regions of America because of because of how people have migrated throughout the years and everything so fascinating. Especially how everything is connected to either the Christian chant version of it, the scouting camp tr- version of it, the just like whatever you would do because like how they change the world words is so indicative of the area that you grew up yeah. in. I could write a thesis on it. I sh- No, you could honestly no, you should listen to StoryCorps. Do you listen to StoryCorps? No. You should listen to StoryCorps from NPR. You would enjoy it because it's like a lot of that. It's like a lot of like people putting stuff in like from different regions and then they like talk about it and then they put it in the Library of Congress. And Wild. then and then we could do that but about this. Nice. Anyways. Anyway. But anyway, what we were talking to before, I vaguely introduced the this. Yes, you you did. Um really quick, the wine thoughts. Initials um, thoughts. It's I don't know. I taste it's kind of like cherry. It's cherry. I, I it has blackcurrant, but that could just be the bitterness. It's like, it is robust. This is robust rosé. And I have not had a robust rosé in a long time. No, it's, yeah. But it's like... It's like heavy. Yeah. No, and I taste the cherry. I taste... like it's like raspberry, maybe. Yeah, you wouldn't have this with fish. No. You would have this with chicken. Interesting. Like, you would have this with, like, chicken, like, in a white sauce. Yeah. Because it, it isn't as... Yeah. It's, like, not... It's, like... It doesn't have, like... Because, like, the other one was super citrusy. This one didn't have any, like, This nothing. is not citrusy. And I and I do like not citrusy. Like, I do like this one better than the last one. This one feels like... Like, this one actually does feel like wintertime to me. I don't know how no, to describe not, that, but it feels like wintertime. No, it, this is, like, the perfect winter rosé. Yeah. Anyways, now that we've discussed that, uh, for the 10 points to Gryffindor, um, we, uh uh-huh, yeah, I did it just to bother you. Um, so, we're talking about the Beauty and the Beast live action. So, it was introduced, so the narrator was Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno, looking fabulous in, like, these red velvet pants. Yes! And And she's having the time of her life. She's having a great time! She gets so into it. It's so sweet and so cute. It is adorable. And also, by the way, so we're going to go watch 80 for Brady. And if you haven't gone to, if you haven't gone to the movies and seen this, this, uh, preview yet i'm so excited i am so excited for this movie like and she's in it and i it's her lily tomlinson jane fonda and sally fields Fields. and they're these four women going to going to the nfl super bowl super bowl to watch tom brady and they just love tom brady and they think he's hot they didn't buy tickets and they're just going they're just going and they have no plan and that's how i live my life now and i'm like oh you can get away with that when you're 80 i'm so excited like you can get away with that even more when you're 80 I know I'm so excited to I'm be 80. so I'm so excited to be 80 I'm so excited for this movie um <laughs> like I'm oh okay so anyways she she didn't do press for it during the 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 episode of a Beauty and the Beast but she should have but um so she introduces it she's she having is. the time of her life and then what happens is so some really cool points is they're doing this on the Disney backlot yeah and and they have everyone standing up like it's old time Shakespeare. Yeah, it's theater in the round. 
Um, it's actually really interesting, though, because they don't... It's reverse theater in the round. Mm-hmm. So so they have basically three sound stages set up with um, three different... Um, backgrounds that they're that they're using yeah and then the audience is all on these rider risers around the edges and there's actually points where like for the filming purposes they move the audience so that people can walk through mm-hmm. and the opening song of of bell when she's introduced and everything is this wonderful idea where yeah. they're, she's walking through the black back lot throughout all these studios and all of the the um, stage props and costumes Every- is very inspired by the sketches. It's yes. in black and white. It's all in black and white. And and literally, like, everything that she touches besides the people yeah. are in black and white, which is, like, really cool. No, and it's it's great. And it's, it's this whole idea of, like, you're stepping out of the pages of the storybook into, into this real live world. Yeah. Um, Belle is played by her. Yes. Um, the new, well, I guess she's not really new, but she's, she's, I mean, she, she's, no, she played at the Super Bowl, so, like, she's not. Yeah, she's, no, she's. She's not new. Like, she's, she's just, she's new to acting. She's new to acting. This is, like, I don't think she's ever done anything before. She's never done anything, and this, this was also a callback to the Tony Braxton Mm -hmm. Broadway production Mm -hmm. of. A Beauty and the Beast, so white people don't get mad um, because they've already done it, so don't get mad about it. Um. <laughs> um, and it's interesting. So so they have this whole thing where it's one big long shot that they film mm-hmm. the first scene through, and it's actually beautifully mm-hmm. done. Like, the the camera angles are so smooth. Like, the people coming and going is, is great. There's a little part where she, like, goes and sits by the fountain around all the sheet and, sheep. And it's these bunch of little kids and little sheep berets. Yeah! And, like, capes. And I think it's so cute and it so funny. It was really cute. And it's, it's very imaginative. Um, and apparently, like, I like there's a couple of the people who were, like, original voice actors who show up as townspeople. Mm. Which is just, like, a great small cameo yeah. for them. Yeah, because, like, they were really, like, and I, I don't know how to say this nicely. I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't understand Disney's love obsession with Beauty and the Beast. We had a little argument while watching this. Yeah, I, because, like, it's not that it's not good. Yeah. But it's this is now the third mm-hmm. thing that they've no, four. If you inca- if you count the actual Broadway production. Yeah. Of Beauty and like this is the fourth thing that they've done with this one film. And and for like Snow White, which was their first full-length movie that they ever did. Mhm. There's, like, no love to that. So I'm just confused on why they love this one the most. Alan Menken. No, I get Alan Menken. (laughs) I get Alan Menken. Here's, so, here's what I think it is. Belle and the Beast are two characters that that the original story also loved. And, like, the original Beauty and the Beast was actually done in the 30s. And it wasn't Disney. And it was... Um, and it's a black and white movie, and it's it's not as well known. Um, and, but these are two characters that Belle is like anyone can see themselves as. If you don't see yourself as Belle, you see yourself as the Beast. And it's the idea that that two people who are against the grain can find love in each other, and. People are so willing to forgive broad strokes. I've seen this time and time again when I talk to people about their favorite movies. Is people are so willing to forgive faults for the way a movie makes them feel seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And art in general makes them see feel seen and heard. That people will just like steamroll over any problems that arose. So like the thing that comes up about Beauty and the Beast all the time is Stockholm Syndrome. Right. I actually don't think the movie's about Stockholm Syndrome. I think that is a gross uh, generalization of it. Mm. Um, but that also could be my own bias because I grew up in this movie. And, like, the music is so powerful and so fun and so inviting that it's hard for you to go, if I'm feeling this good, how can this movie be about something so – or how can one of the main 
points be about something so gross and against something that is so so detrimental to or um, so deterrent from what I feel and what I believe that your brain basically course corrects and there's certain things about the movie that I I know I don't remember I know I wipe it clean every single time I watch it because I go I don't want to deal with what the implications of that is because at the time I was a child and now I can deal with it and think through it and still process like these are the problems but these are the solutions Mm -hmm. and these are the benefits of this movie um that like but when you're a child you go it doesn't make sense for how much I love this and how good this thing makes me feel I cannot see the faults in it for now until a later point in time okay I do understand that I do Mm -hmm. but like okay okay so like this movie as a child I never liked yes (laughs) I I watched it it was fine I said Mm -hmm. okay great there's dance cool like it like it was never my jam Mm -hmm. and i don't know why because i was a little girl who read like i was i was a little girl who went to the library every three days like yeah like i was i was technically bell yeah but watching this i've i never felt seen i never felt heard i always felt like in my view Mm -hmm. well of course she's going to be seen and heard because she's pretty yeah that is also the fallback of movies like this of Belle is a very like disney recently has started to move away from the classic disney princess right Belle is the classic disney princess with just one quirk Belle came out during the time that the 90s were like all about you know, female character who's one flaw is she's clumsy. Yeah. Like, it was the perfect woman except for one thing. And that yeah. made her marketable still because every woman still wanted to be her despite the one flaw, but it still felt like a step forward. Yeah. I'm like, she just has brown hair. Like, I just, like, <laughs> like it was just like, I was just like. It's and she's just, not liked by the town and that's it. That's But other it. than that, it's it doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel, like, and also, like, we've been talking, like, about our relationships and stuff Mm -hmm. with men and Mm -hmm. we've been talking about how like men are when they want a relationship it has nothing to do with oh you're the white roman at the right time it's that it's the right time and you're here it's the right time and you're here and watching this movie is a perfect example of that yeah no it really is and um and that's one thing that especially in the last week as as we've i've had time to process this is like that's the real reason Beauty and the Beast did so well is Beauty and the Beast, it, and one of its biggest problems is that Beauty and the Beast is so well remembered because it came out during a time that that happened. But anyone who actually was different or didn't really fit the grain and like and was um, and was bullied for it doesn't relate because yeah. Belle's problems are just that the town is is a bunch of jackasses. Yeah. They're not actually any flaws in her. Yeah. And she's and she kind of has the ability to go, well, blah, 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 blah. I'm I'm away. Yeah. Um, and that worked as a storytelling point in the 90s. But now it doesn't really hold up because because yeah. now we like as a culture are starting to accept diversity even more and more and more. And Belle is still pretty cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, and I really think that that's one of the best and worst things about Beauty and the Beast because Beauty and the Beast is sort of that turning point because I don't think we would have gotten the princesses that we have now if we didn't have Belle no I agree Mm -hmm. like I do agree I like I don't I don't I'm not like discounting the movie I do think that like people who like it like it for a reason and I understand that I understand that it has merit and I understand why it is what it is Mm -hmm. to an extent yeah what I don't understand is, is why people, why people put it on this very high pedestal when the Lion King exists, and like, <laughs> like, and that and I think that's um, my yeah, that's my biggest problem is that the Lion King is better in every way when it comes to talking about being an outcast, yeah, being unwanted not knowing where you are in life moving to a different place uh, out of that to forget your past because your past mm. is that bad and if i i feel like for people who really are outcast 
The Lion King is the movie. And I agree with you. I think Lion King is a better movie in every single way possible. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I also think that as amazing as The Lion King is, Disney loves Beauty and the Beast because you can make it over and over and over and over again and no one will care. That is the one movie that they can make for the end of all time and redress it and redo it because it is it is at its core a story of of a woman taking an asshole mm-hmm. and loving him mm-hmm. and that story has been told uh, you gave me a I book g- yeah i gave you a book you gave me a book that's exactly the same it's literally beauty and the beast but like real life yeah like, but it's real life because he's a ceo he's an asshole ceo who was hurt yeah and that's and we we as a society especially now love that we do love that we do love that and like, we've loved it for all time yeah because we love we love changing an asshole yeah we absolutely love changing an asshole and it's so much harder to change someone who's hurt mm-hmm. than to change someone who's just an ass yeah no well it's 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 the whole idea well everyone must be an asshole for a reason yeah like it's the whole thing where they're like well well a bully is is bullying you because their their at home life really isn't that good, mm-hmm. and st- and it's and we love that story. Mm-hmm. We love the idea that someone isn't really actually bad. It's just how they were raised. Yeah, and that they can change. Yeah, we love the story of inherent good inside everyone. Yeah, we do, we do love that. And I and I and I and I and I and I completely agree with you. Like, I do. I completely agree with you that like it is, it is one of the easiest. It is one of the easiest princess stories because it is a, a princess story that at least has substance. Yeah. Because, like, Cinderella doesn't have substance. Snow White no. really doesn't have substance. It can, but it doesn't. No, but it doesn't. And and Snow White, I mean, they proved it. It's way more interesting when you look at it from the prin- from the villain's point of view yeah. than the actual whatever. Yeah. The princess's point of view. And it's like, Cinderella 2, is, that's a story that is redressed over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, But, like, Beauty and the Beast connects with people in a way that no one that that other stories don't and lion king and i love lion king like i Mm. cried the last time i watched lion king yeah um but it's one of those stories that it's like it's harder to tell over and over again because you inevitably end up back at hamlet because that's what it's based on it's hamlet yeah and and it is a tragic story Mm -hmm. because lion king makes you feel good at the end but also not without a shit ton of heartache yeah a crap ton of heartache crap ton so that's why they don't love it well i mean they do love it but they don't love it as much they don't love it as much and i do understand that like it is like from a production standpoint yeah harder to do lions all the time but i will (laughs) say so i went to disneyland recently and um they used to have a show that i see all the time that was a mixture of like all these disney princesses all these different stories and it was the storytellers theater and it's around um it's really close to uh yeah it's a small world they changed it to Lion King. Yes, they did. And I watched it, and I was like, this is great. They did change it to Lion And when I went, it cut out no three quarters of the way through. And I was, no. like, sitting there, and they were like, well, you got to go now. And I was like, wait, no. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Here's the thing. Lion King is the hard story that lasts forever and that everyone will tell. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast is the, is the fuzz that everyone just wants to listen. Beauty and the Beast is like a warm blanket. Yeah. I know. I get that. I get why people would watch it over and over again because it's, it is very light and it is very pal- palatable and it is, it is like, this thing. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand. I'm just, I just don't understand. Like, I just wish the love that they put into Beauty yeah. and the Beast was maybe put into I don't know the princess and the frog or like oh my god yeah or like like I think what I'm saying I think I don't like the the distribution of the love that they have for this particular movie because yeah it is it is sad because I'm also like thinking of, of it from a production point of view it's like it's easier to pour love into that movie because it's easy to produce over and over and over mm-hmm. again princess and the frog it's still easy to produce over and over again. I think it's harder to turn into a stage play, though. It's not. Really? Think about it. It's the same costumes. It's the same It's the same thing, babe. Like, literally think about it. If you have a beast on stage. Yeah. You can have a frog on stage. 
It's not that hard. It takes more puppetry work. Yeah. It doesn't even actually need to take that much puppetry work. Like, you can have a frog who's a dancer, who's like a classically trained dancer, mm. who can hippity hop. Mm. But like, yeah, it's like not that hard. Yeah. No. Sure. <laughs> I think this is write the beauty write the Princess and the Frog musical and submit it to Disney. Okay, well I'm working on other stuff right now. Well I'll put it on the list. Okay. Yeah. Or I'll help you. We'll see. Yeah, well you gotta help me with the other thing. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're working on listen. Think Pretty Productions, by the way, that's my production company. Think Pretty Production is working on a lot of things. So That's where you've decided the name is? It's always been the name. Oh, okay. Think Pretty Productions. Yeah. Because the thing, because I, because I don't, because it, okay, backstory. People always basically, like, if you, if you're diagnosed with, like, depression and shit, mm. they'll be like, just think better. Just think happy thoughts. Yeah. And, and, which is stupid and it always bugged the fuck out of me. So, that's why my production company is Think Pretty. Because mm. people would tell me to think pretty, so. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. There's a couple of adaptations that I want to write because I'm like, I want to either be in it or I just want to make it better. I just want to make it better. Yeah, but in card, I'm looking at you. You had a terrible adaptation, and I love Helen Mirren. <laughs> no, and Brendan Fraser, but like no. Yeah, there's a lot of things that like I would like to run through the patriarchy smashing, like machine, but you know. Anyway, we'll find it. So, we spent a lot of time talking about like what this movie's about. We did. So key points. Let's just go through the key points because yeah. everyone knows this. So the flower. The f- oh my god. So this this movie. What I do really love about this is that they used a lot of interpretive dance to mm-hmm. like signify certain songs and certain things, and they had this beautiful interpretive dance of like what was it five members? Yeah, uh, like being the flower and the flower petals, and like y- using these beautiful contemporary dance movements to signify the petals breaking away, mm-hmm. and they were all connected by these like. Um, these red fabric swaths that yeah. were tied around the centerpiece, and it was beautiful. It was. It was. It honestly, that one bit almost made me cry, because um, it was so beautifully done. No, it was gorgeous, and I'm like, that's one thing about this. I was like, if they didn't have yeah the documentary portion of this mm-hmm. of this uh, anniversary. I would have thought this was a very interesting way and seeing the next step of of meeting theater with cinema. Yeah. Because it had it had these animation points that seamlessly went into these musical points mm-hmm. on a stage that seamlessly went into this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really interesting to view this as a way where you can bring a, a connect people to theater more, but right. then also make it this this big event where you're paying homage to the thing you're doing by like by like putting the the original animation s- sketches, yeah, the animation from the movie, and then bridging it. It was like the seamless this, transitions of this was really amazing. Good. I don't know who the cinematographer was, but they did a great job. They did a great job. Like okay, so. It was like tripoint media because they married all of the things together seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Not only did they do that, but the 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 thing about it was was like all of the key points that are only good with animation mm-hmm. they kept. And that was something that I really wasn't expecting. So there wasn't, like, a lot of acting from her. No. But she's there to sing. And so, like, when you when you think about the casting choice, because honestly, I was like, why couldn't they find, if you wanted to do a black actress, why couldn't you use another black actress who could act? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, she's just here to sing. And if yeah. you're just here to sing, great. Like, and that's what I, because, I, like, something that, what happened with, the with the last Beauty and the Beast mm. was that Homegirl can't sing, and I love Emma Watson, but she, she her, she her best thing was Hermione Granger because mm-hmm. that's who she was as a person. And Beauty and the Beast, Belle should have been who she was as a person, but she couldn't sw- sing. And instead of dubbing over like they used to do, yeah, they they auto tuned the 
fuck out of her voice. Well, no, no, no. The perks of being a wildflower flower is really oh, good. Oh, perks of being a wildflower she, is good as well. She's really good in that, and she's really good in Bling Ring. I haven't seen it. It's good. Um, but, like, yeah, no. Like, she's done other things. Like, independent films, I think, are her are where she needs to stay. Yeah. Because she's really good at those. And I don't think she's going to get another blockbuster, like, franchise for a long time until some, like, random shit gets made. But, like... Yeah. But, like, this... Like, like, just singing, just good singing, just good singing is always the preferred over, over bad acting. No, and her was great because the parts where she was acting, it's like you could tell she was pushing a little too much. Mm -hmm. But I'm also, part of me goes, well, it would have read on a big stage. Mm -hmm. It doesn't read on camera when you're that up that close, but it would have read on a big stage. Yeah. But her singing was great, and it was like, it was this really nice mix of very pop vocals, yeah. Um, to to put this sort of modern a like twist on it because yeah. the because the quote unquote original Disney Belle was this big Broadway actress, and yeah. that's another reason why I think the movie did so well is that they had actual Broadway singers in there, yeah, singing their hearts out, and it was great, yeah. Um, but her was a really nice updated version of it, yeah. And she has, like, a raspiness to her voice mm-hmm. and a grit to it that help. Like, if she had done the acting parts and she had had time to, like, really work on it. And if they ever redid, like, a stage production with just her in it. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a really good retelling. Mm-hmm. Because the grit in her voice goes with the grit of the story. Yeah. And 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 that's why it works. Yeah. Um so that was really great. Then we have Martin Short who we just Martin fucking love. Martin Short is Lumiere and he is li- he he's, is he's serving. He's great. He's just doing the best. And Martin Short is amazing to watch in this because yeah. it is the perfect mix of Martin Short's face mm-hmm. doesn't move that much. Mm-mm. But his voice does these crazy things that, like, I'm waving my arm like you can see it, but you can't. <laughs> um, but his voice does these crazy things where it's like, for the cinema o- audience, everything reads perfectly because yeah. it's just theatery enough because of his voice that you get the get the feeling of it. But his face isn't too like over the top, yeah. like fake acting, blah 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 yeah. blah. Um, but on stage, it would also read because of the same reasons. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. And like the BR guest, um, scene is such great staging. They have this big piece that's a big table and that there's actors underneath the table that have gloves on that match the, that, that match the, um, draping and the tablecloth that they reach up and are the hands carrying the plates and everything. Mm -hmm. And Martin Schwartz just singing his heart out over it all. And it's amazing. It's great. And so we have that. Then we have, what is that man's name? Who's guest on? I I forget because I follow, cause, cause, I follow so, him on Instagram. I'm, really, I do. Um, so so he was one of the opposite prints of Gavin Creel in Into the Woods, and we actually saw him on stage, yes, which was did. also great. It's great. It That's was a, a great feeling. It, it was um, a great feeling to be like full circle. Um, let me see. He did a great job as Gaston, and he's like, I think he is the first black Gaston, correct? Yeah. Um. And he was he was great. He was a little awkward and didn't quite. There was especially in the first scene. Um, yeah. There was points where it's like you could tell he wanted to look at the camera, but he couldn't. <laughs> and he was a little awkward about that. Um, but other than that, his voice is just so rich and bassy and strong. And he he's a really phenomenal Gaston. Yeah, he really um, was. His name is Joshua Henry. Joshua Henry. Because he has two first names. That's why I always forget. Ah, um, yes. But he's, he was fantastic. He did great. No, his his Lumiere. Not so great. Was not so great, which is really sad. Or so his, his LeFou, sorry. His LeFou was not um, so great. It's Rizwan Menji. And Rizwan Menji is, I've seen him in a ton of, it, in a ton s- of TV stuff. You've seen him in things. We promise you have seen him in things. He's a great character actor when it yeah. comes to TV. He was not ready for the stage. I think that they put him in a fat suit and he didn't know what to do with it. And I understand that part of, but like the other part of me goes that like you're an actor, figure it out. 
no, because no, no, like no. I've seen other actors in fat suits who do just fine. Yes, I know, but he he didn't know how to move in it, which was causing his acting to suffer. His acting was suffering tremendously, and it was also the idea of like. I wish he was the one person that was allowed to look into camera because I think that would have helped his performance a ton. Mm-hmm. And also, that's kind of LeFou, who LeFou is. LeFou is like the, I'm the sidekick to the bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it would have been fine if he looked into the camera. Mm-hmm. And he's done a ton of these. Like, he did he did stuff that's very similar to The Office. Yeah. And, like, he's done all these character roles that he should have been better than he was. And I think just stage fright, whatever. He, he didn't know how to use the fat. Like he that's didn't. that that was the thing. Like he should have, he should have picked it up. He should have, he should have picked up his tummy. He should have like, because he was struggling to move, and I could see his uncomfortability in it. Which that is even more than Gaston. That is a rule you have to be like comfortable with what you are wearing. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just not. He was not comfy, and I and I want I want to just have him come over to our house and I'll be like this is how you move if you're fat like cause like that's <laughs> like 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 that's all he needed like he just needed someone to be like Pe- fat people move you just have to make a joke out of it mm-hmm. like and there's nothing wrong with that listen I'm plus size don't come after me like it's fine just- no, I had a I had a teacher Bodie Newcomb who was he played Falstaff and he was the funniest fucking Falstaff I've ever seen mm-hmm. and he's a big guy and mm-hmm. he but He's a person who knows how to make fun of himself right. in order to do the performance. Yeah. And that's what you have to be as an actor. You have to take what, what you have even on, even if it's not your normal body, Yeah, and make it work. And make it work. Because otherwise, it kind of comes off as you don't want to be offensive, but like... No, it came off as... It literally came off as I don't want to push this boundary because I don't want to make people upset. But that's what LeFou is. Yes, it LeFou is. LeFou is the fat, funny sidekick. It is. But that's how it came off. Yeah, no. And it and it, it suffered. And then I also think that affected Joshua Henry's performance because, mm-hmm. because that's the biggest thing about acting. It's like if you're not willing to make your partner look good, mm-hmm. you are never going to look no. good. You, it, is, it is very give and take. Yeah. And that is... That is, I think, what we pride ourselves on as actors is yeah. that we always make our partner look good. Yeah. Always. Always. First and foremost. You have to. And that's that's also how you how you get over like stage fright and yes. shit. It's like it's like you go You go for your for the partner, not for you. Cause, yeah. Because the moment you start worrying about you is the moment that you get in your head and the moment you get yes. out of it and the moment your your performance suffers. I love scenes more than monologues because anytime yeah. I can be like, "What do you need? What are you doing? What mm-hmm. am I? What am I? How am I affecting you?" is is the best way yeah. to connect into the character, and it immediately like short circuits anything else that goes. Well, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Because you're solely worried about your partner. Yeah, and and it was just, and I think Joshua Henry like there were certain parts where I was like, where you could tell he was going, "What is this guy doing?" Mm-hmm. Because he's used to having, yeah, very theater trained people with yeah. him. And it's like, and especially for this, it's like you didn't need to be cinematic. You needed no. to be theatery. You needed to be theatery. Um. Okay. Anything else that you really liked about it? Josh Gad was living his. Uh, Josh, jo- I mean, Josh, Josh Groban, Groban. Sorry, Josh Groban was living his best life as the Beast. Josh in, Groban was doing so much in this beautiful, like puppetry. Like, um, he was Jesus. wearing this big Beast costume that had a big head, and he. You can see points of him where he's singing under it, and like, and like under the big Beast head. And, yeah, because like, because the ribs are exposed, and the ribs are exposed, so you can actually see him, and he's like having the best time of his life. He really was. He was. He was just Josh Groban. Um, hello. This is my um, ad for you. Um, and by that, she means pickup line. Yes. If you are looking for someone to hang out with, um, you can sing to me as much as you want. Um, I'm here and I am available. I'm not like super musical. Like I'm, I, I am, but like not to your caliber. I admit that. But what I bring to the table is fun times and, um, and spaghetti and... Um, she ate great spaghetti and and a dog, um, and you seem a like beautiful a beautiful do- dog, and you seem like a dog person. So, Josh Groban, um, if you ever hear this, I, I this is not like a I love you. That's weird. I would never do that. Um, but this is just a this is just a you know like hey let's hang. Um, I'm in town. You're in town. Let's 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 go to Disneyland. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Josh Groban is amazing. Josh Groban, Josh Groban is one of those people that I'm like, I mean, he's doing great as he is. But I'm also like, you deserve the world because his talent is insane. His talent is insane. Because even even this, he matched pop vocals perfectly to her. Mm-hmm. And also, he he's a person who understands how to act when he sings. Yes. And he is so... He emotes. And like, craziest girlfriend made a joke about this, about how he's the only actor that has been just asked to sing his name. Mm-hmm. Because he's so... His voice is so amazing. And it's like, that's my one thing, like... Josh Groban, I'm like, keep doing what you're doing because you at least do the things you love and yes. the things you need to be because great comic would not have worked without you. Yeah. But, like, this is truly amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, he's so You keep good. living your best life. You can live it with me. But you keep living your best life. As <laughs> I'm just saying. Settle. So, I'm settled. I said subtle, not settled. Oh. <laughs> anyway anyway uh, anyway um so um the last thing is that her came out and she did she brought out her guitar and that was when so she she came oh, out yeah, she got to bring out her guitar and so she, she came out in the traditional dress shania twain was there we're not even really going to talk about that but, shania twain is great because alan megan was playing for her and yeah. it was random but it was fine it was fine um and and she came out and she came out in the dress and then she was able to come out and like pants and basically living her Lizzie McGuire life because it was yeah. literally the exact same outfit from Lizzie McGuire, just in yellow. Yeah. Um, you think I didn't notice. Um <laughs> and I'm talking to Disney, not you. Um, and so and so uh she was able to like bring out her guitar and her and Josh Groban came out and it was really good and I really enjoyed it. And that is the end of Beauty and the Beast, because we gotta wrap it up. Amazing. Yeah. Um so uh, what food would you like to talk about today? <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the food we had last night? Great. It was great. Um, yeah, we went to Mio Postos, which is a little Italian restaurant in Seattle. Yeah. Um, it's great. They have, they're really famous for their pizzas. Um. Wood fire un- oven. Yeah, I think it was, I, what did you order? You ordered to create your own. I did. I, cre- I created my own pizza. So I got um, pepperoni, sausage, onions, and bell pepper with extra cheese and light sauce. Lovely. Um, because that's, I like what I like. And it was great. Yeah, I got their La Bianca. It was great. It's a really good mix of flavors because it's arugula and like caramelized onion and like prosciutto. It's great. Um, I will say because their crust, phenomenal. Their pizza gets a little oily, which I think is just because of the amount of cheese that they use. But yeah. like their crust is so good. It's like the perfect yeah. amount of like thin and like. No, the crust was great because yeah. I ate the crust. And also like the arugula salad was good. Arugula is arugula. Like they don't do much to it. Yeah, but like, okay, there was like some little bits at the bottom of the plate that were like a little salty. And I wish that was all over the arugula salad. So if y'all want to fix that, that'd be cool. Um, and you also need to fix your drinks because they were using too much lime in, in all of their... Everything was limey. My mom got a... What did she get? She, she got, got a gimlet. She got a gimlet, but it was like cori- coriander, coriander, ginger, and lime. And mostly lime. Like and I and t- lime. I tasted... I smelled the coriander... I tasted a fine bit of uh, of ginger, and then it was just lime. Mm-hmm. And then yours was a Cosmo, Cosmo and obviously. it was mostly lime. It was mostly lime, um, and there should be more orange in it. So um, just, you know, redo your ratios on that. Um, and then your grandpa got a screwdriver. Yeah. So there was no lime in that, and he seemed to be having a good time with that. My grandpa's just happy to be alive. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, he ordered a screwdriver, and it's like 8.15 at night. It was so cute. Um, <laughs> cause I was shocked he did. He normally doesn't. Yeah. He was like, y'all want a drink? And I was like, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love my grandpa. He was great. Um, no, it was it was good. Overall, I would give it I'd give it like a 7.5. Yeah. Um, food's bumping up Gaston. I would give it also a 7.5 um uh sheep. Super cute. Super cute. This rosé. This rosé is 
I like this. I really like it. I like it. It's um, I like the depth that it has. It's yeah. very. I don't know. I like the cherry flavor strong, but the, um, the, the cherry like okay. This is one of my favorites we've had. I I would agree. It is very good. It's very good. It's not the Snoop Dogg wine, but it's good. So I'm gonna say that this is like a nine point five out of ten. Um, quick outfit changes. I'm gonna give nine rose petals falling. I knew you were gonna do rose petals, and I let you have it. Um, <laughs> thank and you. Th- I appreciate that. And then, um, what would you rate the mo- the movie? Here's the thing. So this movie makes me excited for what people will do in terms of marrying, mm-hmm. like, not in a Roger Rabbit sort of way, but like animation to stage play mm-hmm. to movie. Um. I think it needed less talking, like, it it didn't need to be a documentary. I don't know why they had to be a documentary. I understand from, like, a, like, a stylistic point of view, because also it was directed by a person who generally does concert shows Mm -hmm. for Shania Twain. Shocking me. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah. Yeah. A seven floating plates. I'm going to give it. Um, a seven out of ten. Uh, sorry, almost Hamilton outfits. Yes. <laughs> oh, I will say we didn't talk about this either. The um, the wolves choreo and puppetry oh, was amazing. Shit. Yeah, that was great. Like, oh my god! Okay. No, the the way that the moves, the wolves moved in a pattern, and to like block off Belle, and to separate her from the beast, and to separate her father, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like the the puppetry was great, and the choreography was really amazing, really good, and the scene cutting was excellent. So here's our recommend recommendation: skip through all of the parts where they go through the documentary part, and just watch the movie seamlessly if you can. Yeah. Um, and they happen like right before commercial breaks so it's really easy to tell they're gonna fade to black and then do that they mentioned that you're watching the 30th anniversary way too many times they mention it so, so many, many times. times so many times so just so just skip that and you're gonna have a great time yeah um because it is good like it makes me excited for like what what the next stage of um cinema and theater could be and and i'm also excited because this just tells me because I will say this: this movie gave me goosebumps. It gave me goosebumps in certain points. Really, it did because it was done really well. Yeah, and and it makes me excited for what Disney can do, and for the Little Mermaid that's coming out. Because oh if, yeah, because if Disney can do this with a stage production, this means that they can do a lot more than what we've been getting. Yeah. And I'm excited for it and don't let me down. Because yeah. I am a fair weather friend and I'm not really. I like you, Disney. I'm not going to lie. I love you, Disney. Right now you've been doing some weird shit. but Yeah, you've been doing some weird shit. But, like, you know, rein it in or just talk to us. We'll help you out. Um, I would love to be a program of director, direct, of, of uh, a program, a director of programming. I switch those. Don't Don't take that as a discount on my job performance i'd be really good at it i just have now had two full glasses of rosé and don't worry about it i wouldn't do that on the job um never never so anyways where can they find you at daria they can find me at good hop 28 good hop 28 and you can find me at tabitha the one and only on instagram and on tiktok and you can also find our our podcast on tiktok instagram um all the things. All the things at Ramen and Rose Podcast.com. At Ramen and Rose Podcast. And we have a website. We, we have you can find us on Spotify, Spot- Pandora. I assume wherever you're listening to this now is where you will continue to listen to it. So I guess Yeah. Just keep listening to it there. Share it with your friends. And also if you do give us a five star review, my threat is still active. We will sing a song with with your name in it from VeggieTales. Um, beautiful. Yeah. So leave a five star review. Um, I know that people have already left five star reviews. Once I look at those, we will do it not the next episode, but the episode after that. And so the people who've already done it, cool. 
Um, the people who haven't, uh, um, be next. Be next. <laughs> anyway. That was me being the beast. Love you. Um, I mean, eventually we'll do your favorite Disney sequel. So let put it down in the comments. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, hit us up. Whatever. We're bored. Anyways, have a good day. Bye. Bye.